This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome one and all to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. First of all, I'm going to start... Let me start by saying Happy President's Day, everybody. Happy the day when we, when we commemorate George Washington and Abraham Lincoln getting half off on a microwave at Sears. <laughs> Sears, we're still a store. <laughs> it was a big President's Day for our current president because early this morning, Biden made a surprise visit to Kiev. <laughs> Boom. There you go. I assume it was only a surprise to us <laughs> and not to the Ukrainians. <laughs> Incoming! It appears Russia is attacking Kyiv with very slow-moving White Walker. <laughs> okay, no, 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 false alarm. We have subdued him with butterscotch. <laughs> a flawless Ukrainian that accent. Is. That was a flawless <laughs> Ukrainian accent. See. Uh, this is seriously impressive, though. Biden risked a secret trip to a war zone to show our allies he's got their back. Unless, unless he went there to find Hunter Biden's other laptop. <laughs> no. No. It's the ally thing. It's the ally yeah. thing. Now, due to security concerns, no one knew about the trip. Biden left under cover of darkness, departing on Air Force One for Poland at 4.15 a.m. And just to throw everybody off his trail, back at the White House, he left a decoy pillow Joe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> same skin tone, same basic skin tone. <laughs> Upon arrival in Kyiv, Biden got straight to business, meeting with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Here they are, two world leaders, looking like your dad meeting your boyfriend, and then <laughs> deciding, deciding he's okay, even though he wears cargo pants to church. Biden joined Zelensky for a tour of Kyiv and announced an additional $460 million in military aid, which Ukraine clearly needs because during the visit, air raid sirens went off. Look at that. Air raid sirens are blaring and Joe stays cool as a cucumber, okay? That, my friends, that is bravery. Last time we had a fire drill at the office, I pushed an intern down the stairs. <laughs> Get out. But it's okay. It's okay. He got college credit for that. <laughs> and I like to think he learned something, too. Specifically, get the <laughs> out of my way. Okay? True story. True story? Is that a true story? I don't know if that's a true story. They're still dealing with a catastrophic a train derailment down in East Palestine, Ohio. And we're learning more about the failures that led up to it. And I'll tell you who didn't help, the administration of the former president. You see, in 2018, they repealed a rule that would require some trains carrying hazardous substances to upgrade their braking systems, arguing that the cost of requiring these brakes was not economically justified. Well... 
No, 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 no. Give them a chance. Now they found a cheaper alternative, replacing all the dirt in Ohio. <laughs> it turns out that that Obama-era rule would likely not have prevented this derailment because thanks to intense lobbying by Norfolk Southern and other railroads, a train is considered high hazard only if it's going faster than 30 miles per hour with at least 70 loaded tank cars containing certain highly flammable liquids. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's good. 70 tanker cars full of vinyl chloride, a clear hazard. 69 is totally fine. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna guess that one tanker of vinyl chloride is pretty dangerous. You shouldn't put any hazardous chemicals on a train unless the brakes are working real good. All right? It's a lesson we all learned as children in the classic book, The Little Engine That Could Turn Ohio Into a Vast Wasteland. Now, Norfolk Southern... I think I can, 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 I think I can. Norfolk Southern uh, does a lot of lobbying against regulations. Their newest mission has been to defeat a proposed federal rule that would require trains, in most cases, to have two crew members. Well, yeah! <laughs> Every train should have at least two crew members and four boxcar children to solve mysteries. <laughs> One person who's not making things better over at Norfolk Southern is CEO and stock photo result when you type nothing into the search field. <laughs> Alan Shaw. <laughs> Over the weekend, Shaw visited East Palestine and tried to do some damage control. Here he is explaining what happened to the polluted soil and liquids that were removed from the crash site. We're taking it to landfills that are designed to handle that type of material. What city and state? I don't have that information. You don't know where they're going? No. Even if he did know, he's never going to tell you. No state wants to advertise they're getting millions of tons of toxic dirt. Uh, where did it come from? Does it really matter? Enjoy your flaming ski mountain. <laughs> now, flaming. Wow. Flaming ski see mountain. See Mount Fire. It's Disney on fire. <laughs> Norfolk Southern restarted train service through East Palestine a week ago, and Shaw tried to reassure residents that it was safe. He failed. We worked with the Ohio EPA to make sure that it was safe. Okay, to so operate that, in that area. So none of the soil underneath the rail lines is contaminated? I, di I didn't say that. <laughs> Not great. Uh, we are working with Ohio police to make sure there are no more chainsaw murders in the area. So you caught the guy with the chainsaw? I didn't say that. <laughs> we tried to, but the chainsaw lobby is super powerful. Shaw even managed to put a positive spin on the toxic plume that resulted from the controlled burn of the chemical spill. Shaw says he was at the meeting in person on the Monday after the derailment in which the decision for a controlled release was made. And what was his reaction when he saw the result and the cloud of smoke rising into the sky? Frankly, that, that told us that there was success. Yes. We all know the famous saying, where there's smoke, there's success. In general... <laughs> I'd say the interview went off the rails, but for Norfolk Southern, that's on brand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we got an update on those unidentified airborne objects that the military blowed up real good. 
these things, uh, we all heard, entered our airspace, and they were deemed such a threat that we scrambled stealth fighter jets. So clearly, the security of the planet depends on learning what exactly they were, which is why this weekend the government called off the search for the unidentified objects it shot down. What? That seems really suspicious. But what are you going to do? You got to trust the official government statement. There is no threat to national security, as we've been assured by our slender, featureless captors, who are feeding us a fattening slurry of grains and acorns. Hail Gorlock. Gorlock's a good guy. Gorlock's a good guy. You'd like him. Solid guy, Gorlock. Granted, these debris recovery missions were difficult. In Alaska, Navy pilots faced punishing terrain and weather conditions, causing them to end their mission with no answers near the town of Dead Horse. Before the Navy made it rain Sidewinder missiles, of course, the town was called Happy Alive Horse. <laughs> so, <laughs> not just a live horse, Happy Alive Horse. Very important. So, we know nothing about the Alaska UFO from February 10th, but there's also that Yukon UFO from February 11th where we may have a lead because some now believe the sinister object may have been a party style balloon. <laughs> Tiger to renegade, tiger to renegade. I got a bogey in my sight. Seems to be broadcasting a message. Happy bar mitzvah, Aaron. <laughs> There's also gathering evidence that the source of this inflatable menace could be a hobby group called the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. <laughs> Their motto, let's start a war with China. <laughs> but uh, it's just fun. Fathers and kids, <laughs> something to do on the weekends. Dads and dads and kids. Oh, there's breaking news from the nation's capital, New York City. A new study shows new study shows that fecal bacteria is rampant on New York sidewalks. So the next time your toddler throws a tantrum and hurls himself on the ground, just leave him there and get a new kid. Just cut your losses. Just it's been great. It's been great. The purpose of the study was to establish how much dog poop footwear carries into homes. Oh, oh, I know. Too much. (laughs) That's why you should only walk the streets of New York barefoot. And when you come in, put on the shoes to protect your floor. (laughs) Gathering the data involved researchers using tape to collect samples and crouching on the sidewalk with sterile pipettes. They were just following the scientific method. Observe... Question every life choice that has led you to this moment. Crouched on the sidewalk, putting poopy tape into a bag. Now, that's it. I believe that was Galileo who came up with that. However dirty you think New York sidewalks are, they're worse because they found 31,000 fecal bacteria per sample of pooled rainwater on city sidewalks. To which the bacteria said, yeah, it's a little cramp, but that's the price you pay to live in the greatest sidewalk in the world. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Senator Bernie Sanders. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest tonight is a senator, former presidential candidate, and current progressive leader. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Senator Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Thank you. 
Happy President's Day. Happy <laughs> Thank President. you very much. Nice to see you again. This is your 16th appearance on is the it? show. Yes. <laughs> last Monday, last Monday, John Oliver was here for his 16th appearance, and and you guys are neck and neck. You guys are you're, you've been tied for years now. But I'm pulling ahead, huh? <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> now, uh, I have a question about our, our current president, if you don't mind. After the State of the Union, did you see there was a Wall Street Journal uh, editorial? Um, and this is what the uh, headline of the editorial was. Joe Biden is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> was this news to you? Because, <laughs> because Joe Biden is... Uh, Bernie Sanders, that means Bernie Sanders is Joe Biden. It goes both ways. Is Joe Biden Bernie Sanders Bernie Sanders? Or should I say Joe Biden? <laughs> um, the president and I worked together uh, after the campaign. Uh, our teams sat down and we said, all right, how do we bring the campaigns together to come up with an agenda that works for working families? And the end result of it was I didn't agree with everything that was there. He didn't agree with everything that was there. But essentially, we put together probably the most progressive outline that any president has introduced since FDR. So I am... You know, and we've done some really good things. Uh, the American Rescue Plan, which provided $1,400 for every working person in this country, $350 for every child in this country in the midst of the pandemic and the economic collapse. Uh, we strengthen the hospitals, we strengthen schools. And I think what that was about was the president saying, you know what, we're gonna do the right thing for working families. And, and I'm very proud of that bill. I, I feel a butt coming. I feel a butt coming. No butt, it's an end. And, and, okay, we attempted to pass Build Back Better, which would have been transformative for the working class of this country. We would have finally addressed the crisis in childcare. We would have made community colleges tuition-free. We would have had the wealthiest people in the country starting to pay their fair share of taxes. Mm -hmm. You know, we would have expanded Medicare for the elderly to cover dental, hearing, and vision. We would have finally addressed the major housing crisis in this country and the issue of homelessness. So it was a great bill. Uh, but unfortunately, we had zero Republican support and two corporate Democrats did not support it, and we failed on that one. But it, it, what I have to say is the president was on board for one of the most important pieces of legislation in the modern history of this country. So I was proud to have worked with him on that. Uh, you, you have said that if um, President Biden declares officially that he's running in 2024, that you would not run in 2024. Right. Okay. Looks like he's going to run. Don't know yet, but it's looking heavily that way. Um, are you going to run for Senate again? You're up in 2024? Well, I got a little while to, to make that determination, and I'll make it at the appropriate Time. And what what what's your what's your sort of what you have a deadline for yourself there like a year from Not now? Not really. Like you know the people of Vermont know me and we have a pretty good relationship. Uh, and at the appropriate time, we'll let them know. Mm -hmm. 
About it? That's it. That's it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 You answered that. You, you answered that. You answered like a boyfriend being asked where this relationship is going. Uh, <laughs> well, you know how I feel about you, darling, and at the appropriate time, I'll tell you. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Senator Bernie Sanders, everybody. Stick around. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. Senator Bernie Sanders. Nikki Haley this past week in her, in her announcement uh, speech, I think, not her video, but her announcement speech, she said she thinks the presidency... She wants, a, she wants a competency test for all federal candidates over the age of 75, which would include yourself, the former president, and the present president, many, many other people in the Senate and, and in the House. What, what, do you, what do you make of, of that call? Look... We have come, Stephen, a very long way in the last decades in fighting racism, got a long way to go, fighting sexism, fighting homophobia. And I think what she is saying is nothing more than old-fashioned ageism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, look, I know people who are 90 who are as sharp as attack, and I know people who are 40... You know, got to prod them a little bit. So I think the bottom line is Mm -hmm. voters judge people based on their competence, their confidence, their views. There are a thousand factors. But to simply say that if somebody is 75 or older, they need some kind of test, uh, I think that is just ageism and not acceptable. And it would be impossible to actually create because the Constitution lays out what the qualifications are. for You need a constitutional amendment. Well, some of these guys don't worry about the Constitution too much. That's right. Is it still, ages isn't good. Is it still okay if I make jokes about how uh, translucently pale Joe Biden is or how much you love soup? <laughs> is that okay? Is that still All okay? right, we'll, we'll give soup you a pass says, on okay, that great. One. Okay, you are well, I don't know, new... maybe we should cancel him. What do you think? <laughs> All right. It, it would not be the first time. <laughs> no. Three times a charm. Now, you have a, you have a new role as chairman of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, also known as the HELP committee. Uh, drug companies out there, word is drug, co- drug companies are a little worried about Chairman Bernie Sanders. Should they... Should they be worried? And, and who else uh, should watch the back? They should be very worried. You know... Give me, give me an example. Give you an example. I'll give you a million examples. They are ripping off the American people big time. How about Moderna wanted to raise the price? That's one example. This is the poster chart. All right, one case, Moderna vaccine. First of all, that vaccine was developed in cooperation with the NIH, the National Institute of Health, with taxpayer dollars, okay? We worked on that together. Second of all, the taxpayers of this country put $1.9 billion into clinical trials to make that vaccine a success. All right, so you got the vaccine out on the market. Government guaranteed a certain amount of sales. In two years, the guy who's head of that company, a guy named Mr. Bansell, has made $5 billion. Him? Yeah. Personally? Yeah. Yeah. And his assistant, the number two guy, made $2 billion, $2 billion. I think the, their leadership there uh, is made about $11 billion. 
then after all of that, remember, this is in the midst of a pandemic where over a million people died. And then after that, they came forward and they said, well, when the government reserve of the vaccine expires, the pleats, uh, we're going to quadruple the price of the vaccine. So this is corporate greed at its worst. So, you know, we what have... What can you do? Well, we can do a lot of things, but... <laughs> for a start, it turns out that on the day we announced that Mr. Mansell was going to come before the committee, just coincidentally, they announced that they're going to make the vaccine available for free to people. <laughs> but in addition to that... Medicare and Medicaid should not have to spend billions for the vaccine. But look, the bottom line is, as I think most Americans know, year after year, the pharmaceutical industry makes tens of billions of dollars. They pay their CEOs outrageous compensation uh, packages. Uh, and meanwhile, we pay by far the highest prices in the world. Stephen, I have taken people over the Canadian border to buy insulin products for one-tenth of the price in Canada compared to the United States. There are people in this country who are dying because they cannot afford the prescription drugs and these guys keep raising their prices. We have to take another break, but stick around. More Bernie Sanders lays ahead. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. Senator Bernie Sanders. Let's talk about the tragedy in East Palestine, Ohio. Yep. Um, uh, there were some regulations that were put into place under the Obama administration. They may or may not have had any effect in this case, but they were definitely all rolled back during the Trump, Trump administration. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, after heavy lobbying from Norfolk Southern and other railroads. What is happening when something so egregious can happen when steps had been taken to try to end it. What, what role does the government have here in the face of this kind of corporate money spreading among Congress? What, what, what can we do to stop that? The railroads in particular? Well, let's just take the ra- They are a synecdoche for a bigger problem. All right, look. Uh, you know, and this is what the book is about. We live in a system... The book, by the way. There's says, the uh, it's okay to be angry about capitalism, Bernie Sanders. Look, I, you know, it saddens me to say it, but I think the American people understand it. We have a corrupt political system in which money, big money, buys elections. Billionaires right now, through super PACs, can spend as much money as they want, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, to elect the candidates who they want, who represent their interests. And when you have a corrupt political system, and I'll give you, going back to the drug companies... Do you know how many paid lobbyists they have in Washington, D.C.? They got 1,700. Can you imagine? Former leaders of the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, 1,700 for 535 members of Congress. That's why you pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. The railroads made record-breaking profits. And not only do we have a whole lot of derailments in this country right now, but in addition to that, despite their record-breaking profits, they could not afford to provide rail workers with one paid sick day. Can you imagine that? These guys do dangerous work in all kinds of weather, and the rail uh, industry couldn't give them 
one day. Now, we've had some success. One of the companies is now giving them four days. We hope the other companies will do the same. But all of this speaks to the incredible level of corporate greed that you see all over the place. Insurance companies make huge amounts of money. 85 million of people in this country cannot afford health care, despite the fact we're spending twice as much for health care as almost any other country. So the issue is, is corporate greed. The issue is oligarchy. Well, you, you have said in the book, you say we need... You say we need a, a new sense of morality. Yep. What do you, what do you mean? Like, among our corporations or among our government? What do, you, what do you mean? I think as a nation, for example, is it acceptable that we have, in the richest country on Earth, the highest rate of childhood poverty? All right? Is it acceptable that today you got three people on top who own more wealth than the bottom half of American society, and we have more income and wealth inequality today than probably ever in American history. You mean literally three people? Yeah, literally three people. Yeah. And the other issue, when I talk about morality, here's an example. All right? You know, somebody goes in and shoots somebody, and everybody says, this is a criminal, put him in jail. Fine, I got that. I agree with that. But what about a CEO in a drug company who says, you know what? I think we can get away with raising the cost of insulin by another 20%. But somebody may die if, they do, if you do that. Well, it's a business decision. We don't have to worry about that. What about climate change, all right? Do you all know that for the last 50, 60 years, the fossil fuel industry knew exactly what was happening? They knew that carbon emissions were destroying the planet. That's what their scientists told them. Do you think they came forward and said, oh, my God, we're endangering the planet. we got to shift away from fossil fuel. No, they lied. They lied. They can obfuscated. We, can, could that lead to a class action lawsuit like Damn it was right, against it the should. tobacco companies? Oh, tobacco exactly. Companies. Well, I, I, enjoy, I, enjoy, I enjoy getting angry with you about capitalism, <laughs> but if people want to continue to know how to be angry about capitalism, they have to get the book, It's Okay to Be Angry About <laughs> Capitalism, because we've got to go, unfortunately. Senator, thank you so okay, much. thank you. Bernie Sanders, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. 